Good morning. Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Crystal Taves, and I'm the pastor of women here at Northview Church. I'm joined today by Thalia. Good morning. And we have two guests, uh, Jeanette and Linda, who I'll get to introduce in a moment. Um, just wanted to give you a few updates as we get started. We have a women's conference coming up um, next weekend, April 27th and 28th. And we're entitling it Breaking Free from Fear. So it's all about walking through situations um, in light of God's power and how we can do that in a way that honors Him and kind of enables us to persevere. So we would encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet, to do that. We have broken the 300 number as of yesterday. And uh, so, yeah, we'd love to fill up the worship center. We're going to have registration available online until Monday night, and then we're going to close it online just so that we can get all our paperwork together, but people can still come in on pay on the weekend uh, for $35. But that is a a plug for you guys to sign up before Monday night. Tell us a little bit about the structure of the weekend. Yeah, there's going to be four or five teaching sessions just on different topics about fear, um, how we walk through it biblically, and Stephanie Redekop and her team are going to be leading us in worship. Thalia is going to do a section on just the practical, the practical pieces. pieces, like the fact that we need to exercise and eat well and uh-huh. all these little things. No in order spoilers. To... Don't tell them anymore. Okay. <laughs> you won't have anything to say if <laughs> no. I say those two things? It's true. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. So it'll be really good. Angie Tufnell and myself are going to do the teaching. And then we have a, just Sarah and Kendra involved and our worship teams and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to yeah. be great. Just till two o'clock on Saturday. So Friday night, 6.30 till 9, and then Saturday, 9 till 2. And Sounds then they good. have to skedaddle out of there so that the worship teams can get ready for Saturday night services here. So Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about, about the topic that we're okay. doing today? So we're titling this podcast, From Darkness to Light, The Darkness of Occult Practices to the Light of Following Christ. And we've brought Jeanette and Linda here because that's part of their past story. And then we're going to see the process of how they became Christians. And so it's a privilege and honor to have you here. I'm so excited about this topic because I know that there are a lot of people in our church that may have similar stories from their past, or they may be in a lot of fear and worry and anxiety for someone they love who is currently involved in those practices, and they are worried for their future. So I want this podcast to give some hope that God saves people. He brings people out of all kinds of darkness. This just happens to be one kind that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, this is a favorite kind of side bonus of being in our Bible studies because yeah. I get to sit at tables with people and hear their stories. And so we didn't know, looking at Jeanette and Linda, you wouldn't know that they'd been someone that has been involved in the occult in the past. But no. when we sit down and talk, we get a glimpse into their stories. So there yeah. might be other people within our congregation that are in that same role. So yeah. Jeanette, I will have you start off and I'd like you to introduce yourself to our people who can't see you. Tell us um, a bit about where your family, where you attend church, um, what kind of things you're involved in on a day-to-day basis. I'd be delighted to. Okay. I, I'm Jeanette Dyer. I've been involved with uh, Northview prior to that North Side for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, nice. and foster mother. <laughs> Uh, Jeanette, you've fostered a lot of kids over the years. How many do you think? I'd say around 50. Wow. They're the ones that are stuck in my head. Yeah. Uh, How many kids are currently in your home? Two. Okay. Two. Yeah. With my lips to God's ears, possibly a third soon. Yeah. yeah. We've been okay. hearing this prayer request for a while. <laughs> You've been waiting for a, a sibling to join. Yeah. 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 Oh. And so you're involved at, how are you involved at the Mission Campus? Which, uh, what are you involved in there? 
as well as being a parishioner on a regular basis, because for me, if I miss church, my week doesn't go right somehow. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also usher. Yeah. I take part in the women's Bible study. I also attend uh, the M&M group, which is another women's Bible study yeah. earlier in the day, once every second week. Yeah. Um, just by being there with other women. And uh, let me tell you, I think the folks at Northview are fantastic. <laughs> We've got a wonderful, as Linda smiles, <laughs> wonderful bunch of people. And uh, as you were told, from every walk of life. Yeah. yeah. And we're all going in the same direction. Yeah. yeah. Looking That's, to improve our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And with yeah. Christ as the leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, Jeanette. Linda, how about you introduce yourself a bit? Okay, I'm Linda Schroeder. Um, we've been going to Northview for about 18 years. Mm-hmm. We attend the generally the Saturday night service. Um, my husband and I have, a re- we started in the youth. We worked um, with the youth group with Dave Ellis and that okay. whole yeah. game. Yeah. And uh, we've also done um, First Touch Ministries, which we focused on the info booth, which I loved. Um, currently, my husband's got some health issues going on, so um, I'm attending women's Bible study, and I also am part of the So Fun group that works at Godson. Okay, yeah. And um, yeah, so we sew fixed clothes and so uh, do things for the teachers there that they, that it requires sewing. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, a mama of two grown girls that are both married. I have six grandbabies, nice. which are my pride and joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can I tell you? I'm a retired nurse. Yeah. So you worked at the Abbotsford Hospital? I did work at the Abbotsford Hospital. My focus was um, palliative care, and okay. that's where I met Kendra. Yeah. And uh, also oncology, in the in-house oncology unit. Nice. So those are my two favorite places to be. And you went be. back to that as an older, like you went back yes. to your schooling later yes, in life, right? I started school when I was uh, 43. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, I've only practiced for about eight years and um, developed rheumatoid arthritis, which kind of limited me. Yeah. But, you know, Lord had a plan in that because I'm also a full-time caregiver for my parents. They live with us. They're 88 and 86. So that keeps me busy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and you have good training now to take care of them, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's interesting, too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you introduce the topic Okay, why we're talking about this? So we're going to talk for a few minutes about the darker side of the spiritual realm. And our goal is not to scare you, our listeners, or to increase anxiety or fear. But we just want people to be aware that there are people in our midst at our church. And if you're listening from another church, I'm sure at your church, that have come from a variety of backgrounds before becoming Christians. And so we want to show that no one's beyond hope. And I said that before, but it's so important to me. We know that God rescues people from all kinds of backgrounds, and that is the purpose of this podcast today. So Crystal's going to frame it for us biblically, because that's important, and then we're going to hear a little bit of your stories. Yeah, we want to frame it biblically just to say that um, kind of darkness is all of our past or all Mm -hmm. of our history. It might have different forms in different people's lives, but all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which we read in Romans 5, or sorry, 3.23. Yeah. And Romans 6.23 reminds us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So all of us uh, kind of are in this common boat, right? It doesn't matter what the sin is or what the darkness is. It's all part of our history. Um, Ephesians 2, uh, I really like because it reminds us of that too. And I'll just read Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. As for you, talking to all the Ephesians, which is also all of us who are Christians um, now, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of air. 
the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So this is our common experience of kind of a before Christ experience, right? That all of us followed in different ways uh, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the ruler of this world, which is Satan. Mm -hmm. And so we were duped into following him in different ways. Um, But we have ways to fight against that now. And so I'll just Ephesians 6, which is later on in that same book. Uh, just reads like this, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So with Christ, we have the potential to battle these spiritual forces, which were dragging us down and Mm -hmm. our enemy, which is dragging us down. So that is kind of the biblical framework that we wanted to present in the sense that all of us come into faith um, with the same type of background, whether yeah. it looks exactly the same or not. So yeah. I think then you just want to have each of them describe a bit of their own journey that yeah. way. Okay, my friend Jeanette, <laughs> <laughs> let's hear a little bit about when you were a younger person. What did the darkness look like for you? Tell us a bit of your story. As a single parent uh, of three lovely boys and several foster kids, then as well. I think I was searching for a place to belong. Not uncommon for many of us, yeah. uh, for whatever reason. And my Roman Catholic upbringing wasn't making me feel that I belonged anywhere. So I was gradually led down a path over a period of years, starting with Uh, various aspects of yoga to Zen Buddhism to witchcraft. And I was fooled into believing that as a witch, quote, white witch, unquote, was going to um, give me purpose. Hmm. But it was a trick that I didn't recognize at the time. There's no such thing as white witches or black witches or good magic or bad magic. There's just evil, Hmm. period. Hmm. And by practicing the arts with every good intention, you slowly are, I was, slowly led down a path that was getting darker from just thinking I was helping my friends to learning to cast spells, to making predictions, to uh, believing that I could read minds. Hmm. Um, None of that was really true. It just appeared to be. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit, Jeanette, about towards the end of your 20s, you had some experiences that started to shift your thinking. I think it was when I really got into the dark part of my practices, when I had my witch's Bible and a gift that was given to me by a grandparent of the kids, um, my big white King James desk Bible. They sat side by side on my coffee table. (coughs) Interesting. And I was doing my studies, learning to do spells, what things to mix together, what words to use. Uh, who I was going to hurt with these spells and who I was going to help. But by myself, with the kids sleeping upstairs, there was um, a perceived presence, a coldness, a fear 
in the room that I can't explain. Yeah. Uh, I checked everything out. There was nobody there in the living room but me. But this cold and fear persisted and became stronger. And I had this compulsion to pick up my James King James Bible and throw it in the fireplace. And I had a beautiful roaring fire going. It was mm. winter. It was a difficult time for me because I really believed what I was doing in witchcraft was wonderful. Yeah. Hmm. But somehow the fear was overridden by something and I threw the witch's Bible in the fire. Hmm. I don't think I did it deliberately uh, by choice. It, it, I just did it. Yeah. I can't remember anything after that other than many hours later, my son, who was quite young at the time, finding me in a closet. I had become ill. Uh, I'd soiled myself. Mm. And I remember the one thing in that closet was begging God if he was real. Yeah. If everything I'd heard at this women's Bible study I'd been attending for the sole purpose of showing them that they didn't know what they were talking about... <laughs> If everything I had heard, especially that one verse, I stand at the door and knock. I remember begging God to save my kids from whatever was scaring me. Right. And he did. Hmm. And my son found me and said, Mommy, what are you doing? And he actually helped me clean myself up. And I turned my back on witchcraft. For the most part, hmm. okay. Let's, that became yesterday. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna stop you there because you have more to tell, <laughs> and, and then the process gets a little lurchy after that. That goes into the light. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Let's Linda. Let's move to you and let's hear a little bit of your dark path. Well, I was raised in a home, a loving home, but. Um, reading tea leaves, uh, psychic readings. I had an aunt who was a astrologist. Um, no decisions were made, major decisions by my parents, unless <clears throat> they had her read their charts to see what would be favorable time. And that was totally normal. Hmm. I don't remember a time when we didn't do that. Okay. Um, it was just, that's what I knew. And I, but I always knew that there was someone in control, huh. um, which was interesting, but I did. And I, I think back, like I talked to you yesterday, and I think it was my mom had had a Christian background um, uh, when she was in her home. Um, her mom was a Christian. And um, so we always lived in these remote towns because uh, my dad was... Uh, a belly dump driver for like W.C. Bennett Dam. And, well, anyways, so we lived in these remote, and they always had one church. And I, for yeah. some reason, we always lived across the street. <laughs> and so my mom would send me to Sunday school. I was by, um, seven years younger than my next sibling up from me, so I was a baby of the family. And I just think it, she knew it was good for me. She thought it was, and it would keep me busy for the Sunday morning, so she sent me. I also love to do crafts, so they always did a craft, and I was always happy with that. So I was getting that on occasion as well. And I was uh, vacation Bible school. I did attend many because there you do crafts. And my mom <laughs> knew how much I loved it. So I went to lots of different vacation Bible schools. In the meantime, I know now, looking back, that that was affecting me. Uh, I, so I was searching. 
I needed something was not filling this hole, even though I was practicing, um, uh, you know, uh, astral projection and all this different things. I there was this hole I just could not fill, and I've always had a very vivid imagination, and um, I don't know whether that was part of it that. I, like Jeanette said, I don't know whether these things were actually happening, but there was a lot of strange things that would happen. And, and I never was afraid by them, really. But um, anyway, so I was still searching. And when I went into university, I got involved with Shirley MacLaine. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Vancouver Psychic Society meetings. Um, yeah, so there was all this was happening, and I was, I was searching my mom and dad also always were involved in the theater, movie theater. They actually built the town cinema here in Abbotsford, which actually has been just destroyed. Yeah, just recently. Uh, yeah, yeah, 1974 it was built. Yeah. Um, and in the early 80s, I'd come back from college, and uh, my mom and dad asked me if I wanted to manage the theater. And um, in the early 80s, we showed the Jesus film. And that's... That's where the That's start. where the start of the things. start of the light. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to pause you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Okay, let's move into the light crystal. Let's frame that a little bit. Yeah. So we want to just re, you know, as I talked last time about where the darkness, the kind of the commonality that we all sh- share before we come to Christ. There's also a commonality that we share once we become Christians, and that God does a transforming work in our lives. Mm-hmm. He actually moves us from one kingdom to another. And so Colossians yeah. one thirteen to fourteen uh, reads like this: it says that for God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And Ephesians five eight to nine. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to remember that um, we are transferred by Christ from one kingdom to another, and then we can walk forward in that. Now that process might not be straightforward, because even though kind of in our minds and in our spiritual salvation we are transferred, we still have to deal with some of the baggage of our past mm-hmm. and learn to walk through it. Mm-hmm. And so we want to hear that from you guys. How did that transfer into the kingdom of light happen? Okay, Jeanette. So last we left you, you were coming out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaned up by your son. Yeah. And I, uh, you were taking some steps in a new direction. Can you tell us a little bit about which direction you're going and that kind of that lurchy process as you described to me? started out as a very strong following of the word and wanting to learn everything I could. I spent a fortune. I mentioned I was a single parent. There mm-hmm. was no extra money. But I was spending an awful lot of money at the Christian bookstore so I could learn more and more and more. And I attended the women's Bible study. So you had been attending a women's Bible study prior to this experience, mm-hmm. this difficult experience in your living room. How come? Well, you said you had wanted to kind of explore it a little bit. Tell them what was right and what was wrong, according to you? Well, they were so convinced that there was only one way, and it was through accepting Jesus Christ. And I was so convinced that, no, (laughs) (laughs) you could do it my way (laughs) with um, astrology Mm -hmm. and spells and divination and... Okay, so you Boy, got, did I get a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so you started going 
to this Bible study a little bit regularly. I did, and then unfortunately it disbanded. But in the meantime, because the leader moved out of the area, but in the meantime, I started attending church on Sunday with mm. the kids going to Sunday school. And it's funny, I'd already been sending my kids to Sunday school anyway, hmm. thinking that was the right thing to do. Interesting. And I was very gung-ho on my Christian faith in the beginning. It was so easy to be, I'm going to say it honestly, very self-righteous. Ah, yeah. Yeah. But over time and living in the situation I was living in, there was still sin that I wasn't giving up. How long did it take for you to give up your witchcraft books? To get rid of everything? Yeah. It took years. Okay. I packed everything away right away. I packed it all away. I knew I had to get them out of the house. Right. But instead of getting them out of the house, I put them in a box and in a closet. And it wasn't enough for you? No. Hmm. No. It, it, took, it took moving in with a friend and unpacking my books. The friend being the woman who led me to Christ. Okay. And her saying, seeing what was in the boxes... Uh, my astrology books I had kept. Yeah. I don't know why. I'd gotten rid of everything else, hmm. but I still had the books on astrology. And she looked at me, and there was a big fire going out the back of her place, and hmm. she said, these books aren't coming in. You burn them, that's it. So I have felt I had no choice. Hmm. For some reason, it, it was difficult to yeah. throw them in the fire, but once done... It was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders that mm. I didn't even know was there. Huh. So I guess the temptation was now taken away yeah. that I didn't even recognize I had hung on to. Right. And that's how the Christian life is, right? We yeah. kind of subconsciously maybe hold on to things and God slowly kind of unpeels those layers of the yeah. onion and, okay, there's more, there's more, there's yeah. more that you need to work at. Yeah. But it was, it was early 74 when I accepted Christ. I think you said you were in your late 20s mm -hmm. at the time. But it wasn't until um, 1996, wow. many years later, that something happened that got me back to church. Hmm. I hadn't given up my faith. I was doing devotionals, not regularly, but I would. There would be periods of time where yeah. I was faithful. I was, my life was changing. Um, I was getting down on my knees and praying. Yeah. But it took until a serious scare again of a friend being diagnosed with cancer to get me back into church. Yeah. And I love hearing that because sometimes the process isn't like immediately darkness to light and then everything's all sunshine and roses. No. You're talking about many years where it was a little bit forward, a little bit back, a little bit around, wandering, a little bit lurchy, yep. right? Those are all good words to use in terms of the process for many people. Absolutely. I, I've learned over since 96 that when I miss the Christian fellowship, life doesn't work as well. Mm -hmm. The support of other Christians, the... Uh, repetition of the word, to have these things reinforced over and over and over again is what helps me stay strong enough to stop and think before I actually do things. Oh, yeah. Totally. Just in case. Yeah. It might look good on the surface, but is it really? Yeah. 
So it gives me, by having that fellowship around me, reminds me to take that deep breath and the step Mm -hmm. back and give it to the Lord first. Yeah. Do I do it every time? No, I'm human. <laughs> do I step out on my own? Far too often. But I try to rein myself in. I, I try really hard, and I, I've learned to share with my fellow Christian ladies yeah. some of my difficulties, and that helps so much. Totally. Yeah. Because the support I get from the people around me at church is incredible. Yeah, and yeah. even though... Maybe nobody else has experienced that specific thing. Everybody else, everybody knows what it's is like to struggle with sin or temptation, yeah. or yeah. like we don't have to feel like, oh, I need to find someone that has done the exact same thing I've yes. done, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of going to be neat for you guys to know each other now because you didn't before, but there's still other people that have been able to walk alongside you, even mm-hmm. though they yeah. haven't experienced it. And that's mm-hmm. the beauty of Christian fellowship. Sometimes mm-hmm. we, we get too narrow in thinking, mm-hmm. I have to talk to somebody who's gone through this exact same experience. And yeah. it's not really the case. No, it isn't. No. And I think the sermons on Sunday. Uh, that keep me at Northside, they're so on point. Yeah. They're so honest. Do they hurt sometimes? Yes, I feel like the finger's pointing right at me. Yeah. But it's what I need. It's what we all need. Yeah, yeah. We need that conviction. It, yeah. It just works to help me become more secure yeah. in my place in the family of God. Neat. Yeah. Okay. Linda, when we left you, left you... The Jesus film was being shown at the town cinema. Right. How did that start to set things in motion for you? Yeah, well, so I was a uh, manager, assistant manager. My mom was a manager, but I was the one that was always there. So one of the girls that was from, um, I said Youth for Christ yesterday, but it was Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, She was with the film every day. Like, she was there when it was being shown, and they had counselors and stuff in the lobby and um, anyways, she was talking to me. She struck up a conversation with me. We got to know each other over days. And um, one day she finally just said to me, Linda, would you like to accept Christ? Well, I felt so pressured. I My hair on the back of my neck went up. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I had an interest, but that was just too much for me, I thought. But I felt pressured, so I did it. And I thought, never thought of it again. Yeah. And um, in the meantime, you know how God does that? In the meantime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was um, using one of the girls. Uh, I had hired her. At the, it was a concession girl to help me keep my house clean because I had two little kids and I was working full time. And that was one of the things. And what I did was we would do jobs together. And um, I was I was also starting to have, uh, I said I had a vivid imagination while I was having visions. And they were very gory and usually involved one of my children. It was really scary. Hmm. And um, so I was talking to this girl about uh, when we were cleaning cupboards out one day. <laughs> and she says, you know, that just sounds like a story of, of I read in this book. And I said, what? She says, yeah, I was picking berries a couple summers ago. And, it, and obviously it was a Christian uh, people that owned the farm where she was being buried were Christian, and they gave her this book. It's called The Beautiful Side of Evil. And she'd read it, didn't mean anything to her. But she says, you know, I think it might help you. So I started reading this book, and basically it's the story of a of a girl that was raised in a Christian home, had committed herself to Christ, and she got involved in yoga, got involved in meditation, and she started down that path. And she had her, her uh, spiritual guide in her meditation was Jesus, and how things were, uh, God used that to slowly reveal to her what 
who Jesus actually was in that sense. It wasn't Jesus that she was following and whatever. Anyways. Um, so she had been duped. She'd been duped. Okay. Into thinking, and, yeah. Yeah. And she she actually, it was a journey, much like Jeanette and I. I mean, she was involved, started doing crystals and, you know, astrological charts, but stuff that she just was sort of dabbling in, you know, we call that dabbling. And yeah. um, anyways, um, so uh, the... At the same time, there's like three things going on at the same time. I was also going to see a spiritual um, leader. We called him spiritual leader. And he was uh, basically a, a, going for psychic readings with a girlfriend of mine. And um, uh, he was teaching. He was very wise. <laughs> and um, in this, in the book, meantime, I, the girl uh, knew truth because she came from a Christian background. And one of the truths that she knew, and I'm going to read it, it's out of 1 John 2.20, um, and it says, who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. And no one who denies the Father, or no one who denies the Son has the Father, and whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So she knew that was truth, and she had put it in this book. So when I was talking to the spiritual leader, I said to him, so who's Jesus? And he said, oh, he's a prophet. He was a very wise man. He was a good teacher. And I said, but is he the Son of God? He said, no. And in that split second, I knew that was, this guy is not, this is evil. And uh, don't know how I knew that, but I did. It was obviously the Holy Spirit. So we left there. I got very quiet. We left there, went home. And uh, I read, it was a Saturday morning. It was Saturday that we had been to see this guy. Saturday through the night, my husband was sleeping. I finished the book. And at the very end of the book, it had an invitation to Christ. So it is actually 2 o'clock Sunday morning, hmm. uh, and uh, I read that. I accepted Christ hmm. through that, and um, yeah, so then I just, I, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I mean, we had been given a Bible because Ken and I have the Schroeder name. We were given at those times. <laughs> yeah, they you used sound to like the typical Mennonite family. They, yeah. they used to give Bibles, and uh, we had gotten a Bible as a wedding present, and I'd looked at it a few times and just laughed because it was just gibberish, yeah. and I opened it up. Genesis, and I'm like, wow, this is a story. Who translated this? It was amazing. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> I could understand. It was it was bizarre. And well, um, truly, that veil had been lifted oh, away. Oh, yes. The veil had been lifted, and uh, I, I needed a Bible study because I had no idea what I was doing. And so that was Sunday. And I don't know whether it was Monday or Tuesday, but a lady knocked at my door, and she said, and I've been playing feverently for a Bible study. So I'm, I'm sure I opened the door and there she was. And she said, you know, we were doing a neighborhood Bible study. I just leapt at her, fell at her feet. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she was taken aback. We became fast friends after that. But <laughs> So I told her I'd been praying about a Bible study. Yeah, so that was the beginning of my, my journey. Wow. Hmm. How old would you have been at the time? Uh, 25. Okay. 25. And you're married and had two kids. And I was married and had both of my kids already. My was husband, husband was not a, a Christian. Okay. That was a long journey. He didn't become a Christian for about seven, eight years okay. after that. So that was very difficult. Very, very difficult. But God worked on his heart in spite of my short failings many times, you know, wanting to shove the Bible down his throat, really, <laughs> you know, of preaching yeah. to him when I shouldn't have and yeah. all that thing. Yeah. 
Because once so, you know the truth, we want everybody to know, and we can be a little so bit plain, like bullying in our behavior. <laughs> I know. But I love the fact that in your story, God used you, and God used this woman at Campus Crusade who kind of forced you. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, do you know, little... I had to go back and talk to her. Yeah. I did. Like five years later, I, I took me that long to go to Langley and go meet her in the, in the Campus Crusade offices. And as soon as I saw her, I said... I'm so sorry. I'm so because she got in trouble with from her boss for, you pressuring, you? for yeah. pressuring me. Yeah, and uh, we we met a few times after that, and it was very sweet, very sweet. Yeah. yeah. So God uses all of our, all of our lurchy attempts even yeah. oh, to yeah. share His love with other people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now this is where you are. So how do you stay mm-hmm. in the light? How do you persevere? What's like Jeanette? You said being in church, being in the Word. That's imperative to me. Yeah. And my daily um, morning devotions. Yeah. I get quite crabby when the kids get up early <laughs> because that's my time. Uh, but I do every morning. I have I have my coffee. Uh, I've already taken the dogs out, and now I plan on my twenty minutes, half an hour the Bible, my devotional book, my prayer list. This is my time. Mm -hmm. And this may sound like a cliche, but that's the only way to start the day if you want the day to go well. Even if the day is horrible, it's doable because you started the right way mm-hmm. just grounds you and centers you absolutely right? to face whatever is kind of coming it's not and gonna mean a magic ticket that the day is gonna no, be perfect it could yeah. be a terrible day but yeah. you've already started with the lord on your side yeah, yeah. you're a foster mom you're gonna He's... have difficult <laughs> days <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it helps remind me through the day yeah that he's right there just you know even if you haven't got time to say anything just look and he'll know that you're giving him a signal yeah and whatever's happening, he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. Do I always manage to ask or give him that look? No. But you're trying. But when I mess up, I know that I missed that first yeah. step I should have taken. Yeah. Hmm. And it's never too late no. for that step. Hmm. I know. It's true. Yeah. What would you add, Linda? Um, yeah. I listen to Christian music. Our house mm. is filled with Christian music. I like to listen to the podcast, re-listen to the services during the week. Um, I do a lot of cooking. I was telling Thalia I look after my parents, so I can do a lot of cooking, and I have cooking days. So um, I listen to a lot of, of uh, the old messages because there's lots on file. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, attend women's Bible study. It's, I always... <laughs> I try to pick the Bible study that's going to make me dig into the Word. I know that about myself. Mm-hmm. I need to be forced. Isn't that terrible? Well, it's an accountability piece. It's good for all of us. I need that accountability yeah. to, to get into the Word. And uh, when I don't, like Jeanette said, I mean, I can have this two days that can be exactly the same, but one I haven't, and one I have, and it's completely different. I mm-hmm. just feel like I can't manage or I'm uh, things have gotten over my head. It's It's makes all the difference yeah so what would you say to people who are dabbling in the dark don't do it it don't seems do it. so innocent and it is so attractive and it looks so white on the outside and then even peeling back it still looks fairly white but mm-hmm. it's black it is so black under there the best word to describe it is it's insidious yes mm-hmm. that's it it's like a root mm-hmm. it just starts growing Hmm. under the ground, and it just wraps itself around, and mm-hmm. you're just tangled. Yeah. I 
I read something somewhere just recently. Somebody said, you can't make your eyes unsee what they've already seen. I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like I say to the kids all the time, don't put garbage in unless you want garbage to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Practical words for all of us in all different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Crystal, it's been over half an hour. Yeah. And if you, if our listeners want to talk some more, just get in touch with us, um, Crystal or myself, bonus at northview.org, and we'll find a way to connect you to these women. If you want to ask some more questions or sit with them, I'm sure they would be willing. Or Crystal and I could sit with you. Yeah. If this is something that you're worried about for yourself or for someone you love. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much uh-huh. for coming in and sharing. I know it's always kind of nerve-wracking yeah. uh, to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but it just means a lot to us yeah. that you guys were willing to share your stories and be vulnerable to our listeners. And we just know that yeah. God will use that, whether it's someone in a specific area or someone that's just dabbling in other things. So yeah. thank you. Thank Welcome. you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Do you want to pray to end? Sure. Okay. Lord, we are so thankful that we are following you. We are in the light. Lord, would you help us to stay in the light following you? We love your word. We love your church. We love the people who follow you that keep us going. Lord, would you provide more of them, more Bible studies, more great messages, more people that can pray for us, encourage us, and correct us when we're wrong. And Lord, we know that we all have darkness. And we ask again that you would forgive us for when we have been disobedient and when we've been dabbling in things we shouldn't. Lord, gently correct us, please, and guide us back to you like a shepherd with his sheep, like a father with his children. Lord, we we need your help because on our own, we just, we do get lost in the weeds. And so we ask that you would um, pull us back from that and help us to follow you in truth. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.